0: Quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. This episode is sponsored by Byheart. Byheart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein, alpha found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. Biheart is an easy to digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey to casein ratio like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. By Heart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com It moved the behaviors of my children and it felt good, especially with my very strong-willed and highly sensitive oldest daughter. This podcast was born out of the idea of sharing the message and helping parents find more peace in a modern world. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. So glad you're here. I want to talk about what do we do when our child flat out says no. This can be so frustrating. I know for me, I would go straight to yelling and being upset and going to threats and bribes and punishments because likely I had asked one or two or three times and I had asked nicely. And in my mind, I just expected my kids to comply. But often they don't, especially strong-willed kids. They don't want to comply sometimes. They want to say no. And it often happens with transitions. Children don't want to transition from having this amazing, you know, day of play into dinner or into bedtime or into school. So transitions are really difficult. If you want to know more on, about transitions, I have a really good episode on transitions from season one. I'll put it in the show notes, but that may be a good place if you really are working on transitions. But let's talk about when a child says no. So if we can zoom out just for a moment and say, what we really want to do is work on connection as a whole. Because connection does breed more cooperation. Does it breed complete and utter compliance? No, but I don't think anything does. But you will get more cooperation from your children the more connection you can build in. So you wanna be working on empathy and play and one-on-one time and getting rid of punishments and not using threats and staying away from yelling. And all of those things will breed more connection in your house. So if you're living a connected life with your kids, you will get more cooperation. And that's what I see with my one-on-one clients is they will say right away, especially people who have little kids because it, their transition to this kind of parenting happens a lot faster. They'll say they see cooperation changes and increases right away after we start implementing the ideas deeply of connection. And staying away from punishments is a big part of that. So if you're using punishments and threats and bribes and yellings, And also trying to build in connection. I would recommend really taking the punishments and the threats of bribes and the yelling out completely. And that will really increase your cooperation over time. It takes a minute. It takes a while. You have to spend weeks doing this before you're going to see some movement. Depending on the age of your child. If they're really young and you and you really are dedicated to getting rid of everything right away, you might see it faster. It just depends on the kid and the family and and what's exactly going on. So as a whole, we really want to work on the idea of connection because that does help us with cooperation. It's like a seesaw. So if the connection is high, then the defiance is low. If the defiance is high, then we work on the connection so that we can get it seesawed the other way. So Working on connection is your number one tool in helping your house have more cooperation. Now, another little idea is that if you've asked a child to do something and they've either flat out refused and said no, or they've completely 100% ignored you, there really is no reason to continue to ask this child the same thing. Can you put on your shoes? Can you please put on your shoes? We got to put on our shoes. You know, we're leaving in five minutes. I mean, I don't even want to hear myself say that 10 times. So if you notice that they ignore you or that they refuse, that is a indicator to you that this child's not listening because they need some sort of connection. They're unable to respond to me in the way that they quote unquote should or the way that I want them to because they're not connected or they're deeply in play or they're distracted or whatever it is. So can I get closely to my child and can I say, oh, hey, do you want to do a quick thumb war?" or with Pia, I will do a wrestling with her or I'll do this game called vampire where I try to, she's 14. I try to get into her neck and and really pretend like I'm sucking her blood and we get connected and we roll around for five or six minutes. And then when we're all done and we're feeling good and I look at her and say, can you please put your clothes away? They're sitting on the counter out there. Can you please put your clothes away? And nine times out of 10, I do get a yes after I've become connected, but we have to keep that part of our practice because it's important to abandon your ask and figure out how can I get connected to my child? Lots of people will say to me, well, I don't have time to do that. I have to get out the door for school. I have to go to work. I can't be late. I get that. We all get that. But asking and asking and asking again and again and again and then ending up having a huge meltdown or kerfuffle or fight or screaming or yelling takes just as long as getting connected to your child. So that's one of my recommendations. Another recommendation is that how are you asking your child to do these things? Are you screaming it from 10 rooms away? Are you asking them When they're not doing well, when they're tired, when they're hungry, when you're tired, when you're hungry, are you asking them the hard asks, like the brushing the teeth, the getting ready for bed, the going to school? Are you asking them when they're at their best or when you're, are you asking them when they're at their worst? I would try to find an opportune time to ask your child those hard asks. And I would really incorporate connection. And I think one of the main places where people have a hard time is the mornings if they're going to school or trying to get out the door to go anywhere, like to catch a plane or to go to a, a birthday party or to go to a family event. Those seem to be really sticky. So have you built in connection before these asks? Have you you know, done special time? Have you really tried to make sure that connection is First and foremost, is it tantamount or are you just redging through, hoping they'll say yes, pushing the envelope? Are you trying to cajole them? Are you trying to rush them through things? That really isn't going to work with a kid. It's not the most optimum experience for a child to be rushed or to be, you know, cajoled into doing something that we want them to do. And they're, they're usually onto us. They can tell that we just want to get our agenda done, our checklist checked off, our whatever we think is important, we want to happen. But we're doing it at their expense sometimes because we're not taking into consideration, where are they? Are they deeply involved in a game? Are they in the middle of the show that they really like? Like, when are you really asking your kids to do something? I asked Pia to do something the other day and she was dancing. She was in the middle of doing this dance thing. And I said, Pia, you got to take the garbage out. It's been sitting here forever. You know, please take the garbage out. And she looked at me and she goes, she got all mad. And then I thought to myself, "Hmm, probably shouldn't ask her in the middle of her dance thing. I should wait until she's done dancing. I should come up to her. I should do a little vampire. I should, I should, I should, I should. Well, I didn't. And I got the real negative response and shame on me for not heeding my own advice. We have to be kind of like salesmen in this, so to speak. We want to sell these, you know, requests to our people. We want them to comply, but we can't do it with force and we can't make them comply. But we can use our power of persuasion and we can use connection. So. Really thinking about how am I asking? When am I asking? What way am I asking? How many times am I asking? What is it I can control? These are all the things that I can control when I'm trying to have my child cooperate with me. I cannot control the way in which they're going to respond, I cannot make them comply. I cannot force them into doing what I ask. Sure. I can force them into doing what I ask. I can threaten them. I can bribe them. I can make them and say, I'm going to take your iPad unless you do this. But that doesn't feel good. I don't like how it feels for me. And I'm certain that my children don't like how it feels. And I'm not so sure that it doesn't build resentment over time and that they get more angry and that then those threats have to be bigger and stronger and more often. So really thinking about these ideas when it comes to cooperation. Cooperation is one of the main things that parents always complain about. What do I do when my child says no? So try to keep these things in mind the next time you ask your kid to do something. If you want to go even deeper, then you can take my course a guide to cooperation, and I'll leave the link in the show notes. It's a four-hour online on-demand course, and it really does dive in deeply into the ideas of cooperation and into connection. And It's yours to keep, it's on-demand, and it's a great course if you're really looking to build more connection and cooperation. Okay, thanks for joining me on the Peace and Parenting podcast. I'm so glad you are here, and I'll see you next time. My one-on-one parenting sessions are designed for us to dive deeply into your own personal parenting struggles. I wasn't being who I wanted to be as a parent, and I was often just really at a loss for what to do in situations that felt really hard. That's where we were when we started. We unravel those struggles using connection as opposed to resorting to punishments and threats and bribes. I teach you how to make that change. Myself and my husband like just didn't really know how to connect with our daughters. It was like a complete paradigm shift from what
1: we were doing that was very obviously not working into more. How can I be the best parent you need me to be in whatever situation we find ourselves in?
0: Let me help you find more self-regulation so you can have the calm household that you always wanted to have. And now I'm like, duh, why <laughs> can't I learn this sooner? Become my private client today to find more peace in your household. Go to courses.peaceandparentingla.com forward slash private hyphen sessions to find out more information.
1: Well, I'm so glad
0: we found you. Thank goodness for Instagram.
1: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.